Have you had the experience where you've made a complaint about a situation and you weren't taken seriously or you didn't get the response that you deserved and that the situation required? Have you had that experience in your life where something important, something serious that you've had to make a complaint about? We had that experience. Um, One day I was driving home into my neighborhood and driving in, as I'm driving the car, I'm smelling natural gas. And uh, so I stopped the car and uh, another whiff of, I'm smelling natural gas. So I thought, my goodness, I shouldn't be smelling natural gas as I'm driving into my neighborhood. So I decided I had to contact the first authority to, uh, because to get some specific direction on what I should do next after I've detected this gas. So I drove to my driveway and I consulted with my wife. Uh, And I said, Becky, I said, uh, I smelled natural gas as I drove into the neighborhood. What should I do? And she said, I smelt it too. So we, I, I called the uh, gas company and I reported it. Nothing, no, no response, no trucks, nobody came. Uh, we got another whiff of it. I asked a neighbor, said he smelled it too. So called again and called again. And I had to check in with Becky again before I preach the sermon. I do run my sermons by her as well. But anyway, you know, it's important to have that kind of authority in your life. So I, uh, spares you a lot of grief. So uh, I, I asked Becky, I said, do you remember, how long was it until we heard back? And she said, it was weeks and then months before a truck came in, dug up the whole street outside the back of our home and had to replace the pipe. Now, it could have been, could have led to a disaster, huh? But uh, thank God it didn't. But that's not true in Lac Maginac, Quebec, in uh, 2016, um, when complaints, repeated complaints were made to the Triple M rail line about a rail through that little town of northern Quebec, uh, and the trains would come through much too fast, the bend in town. But this day, July 6th, 2016, uh, a 74-car freight train uh, that was unattended without, uh, without personnel on board uh, broke loose and came down through the town. It was laden with uh, oil for the refinery, uh, derailed in the middle of town, uh, exploded. The town burned from one side to the other. Forty-two people lost their lives. 
Hundred homes were lost. Tremendous devastation. They're still rebuilding today. Uh, the complaints were not heard. Um, in the first reading today, we have a prejudice in our English translation, I have to tell you. Um, I do my own work in biblical translation, and uh, we have a, a social prejudice in, in our English Bible this morning, where in the first reading from Exodus, it says that the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The word here is not grumbled in Hebrew. Uh, the word here is tel nudot, tel nudot. You know this word. You remember it from Hebrew school as a kid? Uh, tel nudot is simply complaint. What's the prejudice? Aaron and Moses represent power and authority. Aaron is the high priest. He has the authority in the religious realm. Moses is the tribal head. He has the power in the civil realm. So together, the two of them represent power and authority. And a prejudice in society is that the weight of the uh, argument or the uh, benefit of the doubt more often than not goes to the ones in power and authority. So those who complain about those in power and authority as to negligence or uh, any other problem uh, are viewed as grumblers. Grumbling is not viewed in a positive light, is it? When we say somebody's grumbling, we don't really respect what they're doing. Uh, we look at it in a negative uh, light. So the translators into the English Bible uh, carry this prejudice over that those who complain about the authorities are grumblers, and therefore their grumbling should not be taken all that seriously. The people are complaining. Why? Because they're a huge population. Some scholars say that they were uh, as small as 22,000, and others exaggerate and say that they were over a million Israelites in the desert. Uh, but even if it was just 22,000, that's a lot of people in the desert, and they are complaining that they don't have enough food to sustain themselves. They are suffering. They don't have what they need. And so they are complaining. Moses and Aaron, look, I don't have any prejudice against Moses and Aaron. I grew up with them. Uh, I have members of my family named after them. Uh, so I don't have a prejudice about them, but what I do notice is that they were so caught up in the business of the movement of the tribe uh, and all the logistics and all the administration and all the detail that they couldn't pay attention to the needs of the people. They were distracted or whatever the problem was, they were caught up in the business of Israel and they couldn't see 
the human need, the suffering of the people. They, people were hungry, they were anxious, they were worried about the future, and they were complaining about their circumstance. But I want you to notice something. God intervenes. And God comes into the picture, and uh, he says to Moses and to Aaron, he says, Shmati tel nudot lechem. He says, I have heard their complaints. Moses didn't hear their complaints. Aaron didn't listen to their complaints. So God comes in and says, I have heard. But this word heard doesn't refer to the audio, you know, to the, to the hearing in the ear. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, the first prayer, the first uh, creed that I learned was, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Shema Yisrael. Say that with me, Shema. First word, Shema. Now, we, tra- oh, by the way, this was repeated by our Lord Jesus in Mark chapter 12. When he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the first is this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, he said. Hear, O Israel. Shema is hear, but better translated, heed, heed. This is a word we don't use anymore in English, heed to listen carefully to and to take action as a result of the listening. So God comes in and says, Shmati tal nudot. I have listened to. I have heeded the people's complaint. And what does he do? He provides the bread from heaven and the quail for them to eat. So Whereas Moses and Aaron, because they're so caught up with the administration and the business, they can't see the need of the people, God comes in and says, I've heard their complaint, and I will meet their need. And he gives them the supernatural um, food uh, for the journey. See, so God listened to the little guy, listened to the one who was in need. St. Paul tells us in the second reading this morning, he says that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Uh Uh-oh. This church is filled with Gentiles. Paul just said, you're not to live like the Gentiles. Well, what's he talking about? What he's saying is that the Gentiles, uh, the Gentile culture had a very top-heavy authoritarian structure. Uh, When you look at the heavy hand of Rome, the iron fist of Rome, uh, when you have the blade and the sword of Greece, and Syria, when the Syrians were ruling the region, they demanded that their leader be worshipped as God. In fact, his title was King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the ruler. So this was a very heavy-handed structure 
of top-heavy leadership over the people. And Paul says, you have not learned Christ this way. You have not learned Christ this way. And Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but what? To serve. And Paul said later, to give his life as a ransom for many. And Paul says in our second reading this morning, you didn't learn Christ this way. Not this top, heavy-handed, from above, pressing down on the people. Instead, he said, you have learned Christ as the servant who hears and heeds the needs of the people. Uh, Those who have authority and power um, have enormous responsibility and accountability. I want to just read you a quick definition of authority and power. This comes from the book Betrayal of Trust uh, by two psychologists, Grenz and Bell, the subtitle Confronting and Preventing Clergy Sexual Misconduct. And I just want to read this uh, paragraph to you. Authority entails the right to command, enforce obedience, make decisions, or the right to act by virtue of office, station, or relation. Power, in contrast, is the ability to act so as to produce some change or bring about some event, or the capacity to exercise control. In the context of interpersonal relations, power refers to, quote, an agent's potential influence over the attitudes and behavior of one or more designated persons. Or as Max Weber declared in his classic definition, power is, quote, the possibility of imposing one's will upon the behavior of other persons. So power is the potential for affecting the thinking, attitudes, or conduct of another. Power, therefore, focuses on ability to influence others, whereas authority has to do with the right to exercise power. For this reason, authority generally precedes power. Now, I read that to you to get a sense of the enormity of the responsibility and accountability of those in power and authority. And in our readings this morning, we're shown first that God takes the side of those who are under power and authority. God comes to the side of those who have a complaint against those in power and authority. He does not take the side of those in power and authority. Do you see that? And then we have in Paul's letter this morning the example of Christ which inverts the worldly idea of power. The worldly idea of authority and power is that I get to exercise that power and authority over those weaker than me. But Paul tells us that in Christ it's reversed that those who have authority and those who have power in, 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 in God's kingdom 
are to be the servants and the last and least of all. They are there to meet the needs of the people, to heed their complaint, to fulfill what it is they need to thrive. See? So it's inverted. So in the world, it's how many people serve me. But in the kingdom of God, it's how many people I can serve. See? That's the example. That's what Paul says when he says, this is how you've learned of Christ. Okay? So then finally in the gospel this morning, uh, our Lord makes this explicit. He points it out. Keep in mind, Aaron and Moses symbolize power and authority in this. And, uh, he, and the Lord says, Jesus said to them, listen to how explicit this is. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. It was not the power and authority. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So here our Lord is saying explicitly, God took the side of the people, heard their complaint, acted on it, bypassed Moses and Aaron, and met the people's needs. And what we hear in the readings this morning is this is how we are to be. We're to emulate this image of Christ as the servant of all the last and the least of all, and to see that God takes the side of those who have a true complaint.